Did you know that maybe you're not achieving your personal professional success because you have some unresolved emotions? If you want to find out if you do, then this episode is for you. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Ralston, your host, and today we're talking about the elephant in the room that's blocking your personal and professional success. And I have an expert here, Tammy Adams. Hello, Tammy. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm very good. Thank you. And I'm happy to have you here because I know you are such an expert on the talk, on the topic of unresolved emotions, including grief. So let me tell my listeners a little bit more about you. And then we're going to dive in because we got some juicy questions here that are really going to help move everyone listening forward. So Tammy Adams loves to problem solve, inspire, and motivate others who are ready and committed to change. She has spent over 30 years in the field of education, from infant to post-secondary. And as a certified coach, Tammy teaches individuals to challenge and conquer their limiting beliefs and insecurities to create the life of their choosing. As an advanced grief recovery specialist, Tammy understands unresolved grief can limit an individual's capacity for happiness and is gifted at supporting individuals through the pain and isolation caused by an emotional loss of any kind. And I just want to put in there, of any kind, it could be loss of a job, a spouse, a home. There are, I don't know, Tammy's going to tell you how many different types of grief. That'll maybe be my first question. And she knows how to take you to a place of happiness that people really believe they that no longer existed for them. So Tammy's clients say, Tammy helped me unpack the baggage and put a smile on my face in the process. It's a rare quality for someone to fully listen without judgment, but yet still steer you in the right direction. Welcome, Tammy. This is so good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so because I already alluded to it, how many types of grief are there? There are over 40 types of grief. 40. Wow. And they fall into three categories. Hmm. So one is the category that you mentioned, those ones that seem to be fairly obvious, financial, legal, breakups, deaths, health, that sort of thing. So those can seem to be the most obvious. Mm. And then the next category are those things where we made a choice for ourselves. We know it is the right choice or the best choice for us, or it's a happy occasion but even though it's a happy occasion, like having a baby and getting married or maybe moving, it can still leave us with unresolved emotions. And if we don't deal with those unresolved emotions, then that happy thing can go away. And then the third category are those kind of abstract griefs that we don't think of. Mm. Loss of control, loss of safety, loss of faith, that kind of thing. So kind of three different categories and then combined over 40 reasons why we might be left with unresolved emotions. Wow. 
there's so much to kind of unpack there. But I, I'm curious as to how did you find your way into doing this work that you're doing with emotional healing? Well, you and I were talking just before we came on camera. This is the last place that I thought I would be. Huh. Um, I don't go to funerals. I don't go to cemeteries. Uh, the joke about amongst my friends is, you know, the grief recovery, you know, counselor who um, never goes to a funeral. But it's just something I just don't do. I, I'm not comfortable at a funeral. And I've always been that person that showed up about two weeks after everyone else had left. And I think that's kind of what I do now. I show up when everybody else has left. But because I don't go to funerals and I don't go to cemeteries and it's just not something that I'm really comfortable doing. I almost said no to this opportunity of doing this grief recovery work. And yet out of all of the things that I've done in my career, this is where I landed and this feels like home. Wow. And you must be really good at it too. Well, I've already heard uh, over the years of accolades for you and the work you do about the type of results you can get people even over zoom which is amazing because it means that more people in different places can work with you a lot easier so I, I already know that you do great work but it's so I actually you saying that you don't go to funerals gives me permission not to go to funerals because I'm just a mess at funerals even if I don't know the person I am a complete and utter mess and I've had, um, after my father passed, I did the grief share program at my church. And actually, they've just, they've asked me, a, well, not just, but about a year ago, they asked me if I would help run it, facilitate. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, thank you. But it's quite interesting because this is something that could have kept you away from what you said, your career that feels like home. And so yeah. listeners, did you pick up on that? So Tammy didn't let that one spot around this industry or that one spot around this topic hold her back from exploring an opportunity. So good for you. That's amazing. Now we, we mentioned this elephant in the room, right? In the title. So why do you refer to it as the elephant in the room? And how is this relevant to success in our personal and professional lives? Well, I think I call it the elephant in the room because I can't tell you the number of people that have called me, spoken to me and said, you know, Tammy, I would take your program if you didn't call it grief, because oh. we have been so conditioned in our Western society to just look the other way. No, nope, nothing to see here, folks. Oh, yeah. And yet our bodies are processing plants. Our bodies naturally want to work through these emotions and release them. But we've been conditioned to turn our bodies into a storage facility. And so it does not matter what movie you watch, what book you read, what TV show you see, they are the plot is always driven by unresolved emotions. So how does that affect our success? Well, first of all, we're not even aware we're carrying these unresolved emotions. We don't realize that even though intellectually we may have convinced ourselves we're okay, emotionally we still have not resolved the issue. And so they get stored inside the cells of our body. They don't go anywhere and they affect every aspect of our lives. 
because every new experience or relationship we have yeah, yeah. filtered through all of the unresolved emotions of the past. And we find we just keep hitting the rewind cycle, the rewind cycle over and over and over. It's all, I just, I'm imagining this dirty filter and you're you're like pouring your nice clean glass of water through it. And then it's like sludge on the other side. And then you're expected to enjoy it. Like that's an amazing visual. And you know, it's funny when people call me first to learn about the program, I will say to them, I want you to envision a table full of dirty dishes. And what we're going to do is we're going to clear off the table and we're going to put down a fresh linen. But you can't put that fresh linen down until you resolve everything that has been left unfinished. Because otherwise, you're trying to put this linen down and you're going to still have all these bumps where these other dirty dishes are sitting. And I can tell you from personal experience, when I cleared the past that I had, I have not repeated one of those repeat performances that I had for the first 50 years of my life. The result, I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, it's just done. And so the the storage that your body has been doing is now releasing those different pieces. It's interesting when I when I first started on this, I guess, spiritual journey, this holistic path, whatever you want to refer to it as, People kept saying to me, you know, you will have the same experience over and over until you learn the lesson. And it never resonated with me because, you know, I was kind of sitting over here singing Kumbaya. And yet I kept getting hit with this hammer because I was just too thick to learn the lesson. Mm. And yet when I found grief recovery, it took on a completely different meaning because now I see it as missed opportunities to heal. Hmm. So we have an experience. We don't resolve that. We stuff it down because that's what we're taught to do. We look the other way. And then a similar experience comes along and your body gets so excited because it's like, here's this opportunity to complete this chapter and lay it to rest. Yeah. But instead of seeing that as an opportunity, we run away from it again and we push it down and mm-hmm. it accumulates and accumulates and accumulates until we are left feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and just miserable. Hmm. So are all, all of these losses, all of these times where we've stuffed it down, will they, they'll just stay unresolved? Huh? So you might have heard this saying before, but when your body has something that it needs to get your attention on, it will whisper Mm -hmm. and then it will nudge Mm -hmm. and then it will push. And recently I read a book by Dr. Gabor and he may take Gabor and he is a Toronto doctor who has discovered how many physical diseases are attached to unresolved emotions. Because let's face it, they just keep building and building and building. And your body just keeps turning up the volume, trying to get your attention that you've got business that needs to be attended to. Yeah. So how does someone know, because I'm sure 
the listeners right now are saying, well, how do I know if I have unresolved emotions? How do I know if the body's turning things up for me? So what are some, some ways that we can see this in ourselves? Well, one of the most obvious is the story loops. It loops, it loops, it loops. You're obsessed with it. You tell it to everyone. You talk it to yourself over and over and over. Another thing we do is we kind of become obsessive about trying to rewrite an ending that we didn't like. Hmm. Instead of resolving the emotions surrounding that, we just try to keep going back and, and rewriting the ending. But for the most part, we end up with brain fog. We end up with an inability to focus. Perhaps your sleep patterns change. Perhaps your eating habits change. And one of the things we refer to in the grief recovery method are STIRBs. So these are short-term energy-relieving behaviors. So when you first experience a loss, they're normal and natural. You end up with all this excess energy and you don't know what to do with it. So, you know, you might watch a little bit more TV. You might, you know, do some therapy shopping. You know, you might stay at work a little bit longer. But if you don't resolve these unresolved emotions, what you find are these stirs. Instead of being a short-term relief, they, they kind of take over. And so, you know, it might be sex, it might be gaming on your phone, it might be shopping, it might be workaholic, it might be uh, drugs, it might be alcohol. But instead of providing you with this short-term relief, they start to take over your life and they start running the show. So if you find that those things have now become more of an obsession than something that you actually enjoy... And I think that's the question I get a lot. But Tammy, I, I like to read books. Well, if you like to read books, absolutely read books. If you have to read books because you need to keep your mind busy, then that's a sign that perhaps maybe there's something to take care of. Yeah. So when it becomes an obsession, an addiction, or it's keeping you maybe like if you're reading rather than working your job when you're supposed to be working your job or feeding your family when you have other responsibilities, I guess, that aren't being met. That's, that's when it, it's also a, a big clue. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So people will stuff it down. It will come up in these potentially obsessions. Uh, what are the other costs of holding on to these emotions and these unresolved pieces? Does it affect like other areas of life? Well, it can, you know, let's, let's pick one particular example. So say you were in a really toxic relationship and did badly. You don't resolve those negative feelings that resulted from being in that relationship, maybe ending that relationship, especially if you were the one who ended it, knowing it was best for you, but you still didn't take the time uh, to resolve those issues. What we've seen in grief recovery is you will just have one unsuccessful relationship after another, after another, and many times repeating that same pattern over and over and over. So that term, you know, you bring emotional baggage into a relationship is actually true. But if you can take the time 
to resolve those issues, remember, clear the table of the dirty dishes, so to speak. Now you can set really clear boundaries. You can set really clear goals. And the most important part is you now have choice as to who you get to invite to the table. So mm -hmm. I found on a personal level that once I really resolved my past, and I think this is really important to say in here, you know, we're taught to resolve all these yucky things from our past intellectually. We're taught to do that. I had done it very skillfully. I was fine. I had dealt with it. I understood it. You know, I knew why things had happened the way that they did. But yeah. what I didn't realize was grief is 100% emotional and your heart doesn't judge. It doesn't try to understand. It doesn't rationalize. Your heart has a very specific way to heal pain, emotional pain. And so when I went back over all of those years, those decades, yeah. and I actually healed it on an emotional level versus an intellectual level. I honestly went, and I can say the, with pure honesty, I went from someone who had constantly lived in fight and flight, which mm -hmm. was a result of my emotional pain of the past, to this place of inner peace. And I never thought I would be here. And I will protect this now at all costs. So I think that's a really good example of, yes, we can convince ourselves that we're okay. But really, it hasn't gone anywhere if we haven't worked through it on a heart level. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of the un the uneaten apple in my kid's school bag that gets shoved to the bottom and it just gets worse and worse and worse over time unless exactly. it's properly dealt with, right? Unless it's really properly dealt with. So I can see now how this really, really does affect our success in all areas of life. And it's so interesting that you brought up really love and romance and relationships in grief, because we'd think, okay, yeah, grief, because you've lost a loved one, they died. Grief right. because of a broken marriage, but not, oh, I'm, I'm looking for love. So I'm going to go to a grief recovery specialist to, to help me. Like you, I never would have connected that because the person would be feeling like they're in a good place. They're just like unlucky in love. So this is this, cause I've known you for many years, but I've never known that, like that specific example. I'm sure there's hundreds more of times where it seems so weird when if to tell someone I'm going to a grief recovery specialist, when it doesn't seem seem like grief. Yeah, I think the best piece of feedback I get from this program, and I actually get it fairly often, is people come and they're really apprehensive and understandably so they don't know what's going to show up. They don't know how this is going to work or if it's going to work. Yeah, but as yeah. they get to the end of the program, they usually say two things. Well, they say others, but these are the two that really stand out. Hmm. This was nothing like I expected it to be at all. And I think this is the best personal development program I've ever been in. Wow. So we think of it as grief and it's going to be this depressing, awful thing, but Yet it's nothing, thinking about going through the grief recovery program is actually way worse 
than actually doing it, right? Because you're back up here in your head trying to understand it. What's it going to be like? Oh, it's going to be awful. I'm going to have to tear the, you know, Band-Aid off the cut, you know, all of that stuff. But it's not like that at all. Huh. So there's a lot of misinformation really around this topic, around grief, around unresolved emotions, around who needs quote unquote help with their grief, right? So are there standard supports that like we normally reach for that you think perhaps are not so helpful? Yes, we have identified six myths that we all reach for because we're familiar with that actually do nothing to help us. So one is figure you've gone through a loss and you know, you're talking to your girlfriend, you're talking to your husband, you're talking to a parent. Somewhere intuitively, we get the message that they're done listening. So the first myth is that we need to keep these emotions inside of us and tucked away. We're taught at a very early age to replace the loss. So our dog dies. We're really sad. Our well-intended parents will say to us, don't feel bad. We'll get you another dog. Fast forward to high school, don't feel bad. There's lots of fish in the sea, right? So we get trained very early uh, to replace the loss. Another one is to stay strong. And parents do this for kids. Mm. You know, they stay strong, they don't show their emotions, but it's a crazy thought because we can't do anything for anyone else. We can only do it for ourselves. And as a parent, the best way to support our children is to set an example and show them how. Another thing is we stay busy. You'll see it in movies all the time. We need to keep them busy. They're grieving. We need to keep them busy. Another thing is we isolate. You know, when we we feel that we can't share our things and you know, people don't seem to be understanding all that support system that we had around us, we start to pull back and pull back and pull back. And then the biggest one is we wait for time. We wait for time to allow us to feel better. And while time will lessen the intensity of the feelings, the example we use in grief recovery is if you had a flat tire on your car, would you pull out a lawn chair, sit at the side of the road and just wait? for it to self inflate, you know? No, you would call CAA, you would call a friend, you would change the tire. But we're not taught to take those actions. And the other thing, and this is what blew my mind when I did the training, the five stages of grief that we are all familiar with have nothing to do with grieving. Mm. They were created by a woman by the name of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, She designed them for someone who had been given a terminal diagnosis. Those five steps are, are a natural way of going from denial to acceptance to the news that you've been given. But she says herself, please don't use this to support the grieving people left behind. That's not what this is for. So everyone who is involved in supporting people through grief, They all reach for the five stages of grief, but they're not applicable in healing emotional pain. Um, They're dealing with the inevitable. Okay. 
Very different. Wow. So listeners, did you hear all of these different things that Tammy went through? Like how many of those are you guilty of? I'm guilty of the busyness. I'm guilty of isolating sometimes. I'm guilty of thinking people don't want to hear me anymore, talk about something. So think about what are you guilty of? And if you're like, wait, I don't, I don't think I caught all of them. Well then rewind, listen again, write them down because these are the things that you definitely don't want to fall into the trap of these different pieces that society says you should be doing or not doing or natural responses. We want to, we want to do better when we know better. Right. So we talk. I think, can I, can I just jump in here? You yes, just triggered something really important Go for it. up until about the age of three. We know how to do all of this normally and naturally mm. because mm. grief is normal and natural. And about age three, we start to watch and we start to listen and we start to experience because all of those people who we watch and pay attention to were taught by other people who did the same thing and collected all the incorrect information or misinformation surrounding this. And so we have moved from something that was normal and natural to something where society makes us feel. It's not normal and natural. You you just tweaked that when you said that to me, because think of how many times in the corporate world you experience a loss and you're supposed to be back on your game in what, 48 hours, 72 hours, like society puts this window on how long we are justified in grieving and not taking into account that everyone will grieve differently and that grief is 100% based on the relationship we had with that person. Hmm. So I really wanted the listeners to know that, you know, this is a normal and natural process. We've just been taught to treat it like the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well, I grew up with British parents, so hmm. I got the silent treatment. <laughs> I got the silent treatment when a parent was mad. <laughs> yeah. So I actually never experienced conflict other than my brothers. And then, yeah, yeah, the whole like holding in the sad emotions that definitely happened. Yeah, the stiff upper lip for sure. So the, the problem was I, I didn't have models in how to express specific types of emotion. And it's interesting too that you bring up that idea of being at work and something happening. And, it, you know, it triggers for me the time that I was passed over for a promotion, not really passed over, but someone else was chosen. And I found out at work when they were announced rather than a, a private, like, uh, and then I was supposed to just carry on at work in this meeting. Like I find out in the meeting. And so I think this is also something that we as people need to be thinking about how will some sort of loss or news affect someone else and give them space to work through it? Because that's, yeah, that's a lot to take on. And it's not just the someone died. It's all the other things. It is. And, you know, what you just said also, so what you said was very, very well said. So now let's go to the opposite of that. Would you ever tell your children, your husband, your friend, no, don't share your good news with me. I don't want to know. Right. We always jump on board and we share and we cheerlead and oh, that was awesome. 
But yet when they want to share something sad, all of a sudden that's like, no, I don't want to hear that. Hmm. So another message society teaches us is it's okay to encourage someone to share good news, but it's not okay to share bad news. And then like you say, that way society will announce, like you say, a promotion without any sensitivity to how are you going to feel about that? And wouldn't it have been nice to give you some privacy to process that yeah, before yeah. it was announced? It's just yeah. common courtesy, you know? Yeah, well, I think the thing is we're not always thinking about the emotions because we're not, we don't know how to use them well enough. And right. don't know how to handle other people's pain. That should almost be a class in school is emotions, yes. emotional intelligence and how to support people through pain. So I'm glad that there are people like you in the world who will support people through this stuff and other coaches and counselors. And even I, like I help support people who are in this place of like, why does this hurt so much? Or why am I so pissed off about this? But a lot of people are hesitant to do the inner work, to heal emotional pain. Why? Well, I think the first part is, is we've been taught intellectually to convince ourselves we're okay. So I think that's the first thing. Okay. The second okay. thing, like you say, we're not taught the emotional impact. So we do not really comprehend the value of doing this work. Mm -hmm. um, I think another thing is, you know, people have tried so many things in the past that haven't worked. So why would this work? You know, people kind of throw their hands up, they settle. Um, it's been said that people will accept 20% happiness as if it were 100% because they don't see a way out of this. Hmm. And I think the other thing is, you know, again, bring it back to the conditioning we've received from society. It's selfish to mm. put ourselves at the top of the list or to invest money in our own personal growth, that sort of thing. And yet I grew up in a family um, where my mother, in my opinion, was suffering immense unresolved grief, which affected all of us in the family and knowing what I know now oh my heart just goes out to her if she had only had the tools to process that emotional pain honestly all of us would have had a different experience wow. so by putting yourself first and resolving these emotions you become a different parent yeah. a different co-worker a different boss a different friend a different partner yeah you know all-encompassing and then if I could take it back to what you were saying before we feel that that lifting of those unresolved emotions out of us the filter that we're putting every all of our experiences through is clear and so the emotions that come through are clear and we're not going to attract the negative situations because we've resolved it that we can actually bring in the personal and professional success well, I think it's time we, we jump into some gifts that you have. You've really brought it for us. I really appreciate it. What is the first thing that people can can grab from you really to help them in this in this process? 
Well, the first thing I am offering is if you visit my webpage, there is a questionnaire there. And people are probably going, a questionnaire, what's this for? I believe there's 21 questions on there. Okay. And you are asked to just go through them on your own and see how many of them resonate for you. And you may think, oh, I don't need to know this, or I already know I have grief, or I don't have grief. Well, keep this in mind as you do the questionnaire. We believe that if you answer yes to one question, you probably have more unresolved grief than you're aware of. Mm. how many you answer yes to and that will kind of give you a ballpark as to where you might be sitting on the unresolved scale yeah Uh, the second thing is I offer uh, free discovery calls there's Mm -hmm. absolutely no obligation whatsoever but it allows me to get to know you better it allows you to get to know me better I can answer any questions and most importantly you can see is this a fit on so many different levels. And then the final thing is if they want to reach me, they can visit my website, but my website also has lots of resources, free resources that they're free to download. There's eBooks, there's videos to watch, there's um, podcasts. It's, It's really more of a resource information website than it is a marketing website. So I really invite the listeners to go and take advantage of the free resources. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. And I know I attract in the dynamic women community, a lot of A-type driven women who want to achieve. And so if you feel like you're on a path in achieving, but it's maybe not happening as fast as you want, or there's still areas of your life where you're like, man, I just can't seem to win in this area. Or if you're in just a low, like a low place, the questionnaire is really the best place to start. And then you can bring the questionnaire to Tammy on one of these calls and be able to talk through what's there. Because if you want to achieve more, you need to release some stuff. And, and if you're just in, in a place that you're like, I don't be here anymore. Um, I know that for sure, Tammy, you'll help them to get unstuck. So thank you for bringing um, so many different pieces that people can use. And I'll encourage you guys, listeners, like grab a friend and do the questionnaire, not like together at the same time, but just send it to a friend and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. Will you do this? Like I need some accountability on it. I think that will help to normalize conversations. And you never know that might help that person to get unstuck, to be able to open up and talk to you because they feel like, wow, okay, she's, she or he uh, is open to listening to where I'm at. And this will be that, like, that support that you might need. So Tammy, final thing, final message that you want to say, there's been so many truth bombs, so many bits of, of, of advice and really great tips. I know that I've known you for so many years and I learned a bunch of new stuff today, which is always exciting. So what's your final message to everyone? My final message to everyone is I, I think everyone should take the time to look at whether or not they're carrying unresolved emotions because it does affect so many areas of our lives. And once we unpack that backpack, once we clear that table, we have more energy, we have more focus, we physically feel lighter, we have clarity, uh, it's setting goals is so much easier. And the big bonus for me is, at least on a personal level, when I went through this program, I found myself. 
And all of a sudden, my future was much clearer. I had hope. My confidence level went up. And I think the biggest thing I shifted was I was able to validate my own work without having to have someone else do that for me. And that is probably the biggest win I have gotten out of the grief recovery method. So it's not what you expect it to be. And it's really worth the time and effort to do it. Well, I'm so glad we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Because who knows, this elephant could be stomping all over people's lives, their success, right? And we just, we don't know what it is. So thank you for defining it. Thank you for explaining and for pointing out where we have some false truths in our lives and our societies around this. I trust that this will help people to, to do better and to be able to move forward into more success. So thank you so much, Tammy. And thank you for allowing me to normalize this conversation. Hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So if you love this episode, then please make sure you like it, subscribe it, share it to a friend and write us a review. When you do write the review, please send a screenshot of it to team at dianerolson.com with your mailing address so I can send you a little something special in the mail. And I love going live and having other conversations in the Dynamic Women online community, the Facebook group. It is free. So that link will be in there. Also, the link to all of the gifts that Tammy brought will be in there, as well as her website and how you can reach her at intuitiveunderstanding.com. Until next time, everyone, stay dynamic. Bye. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.